Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, co-host Justin Baker in the driver's seat today. I don't know. I don't know what the driver's seat is. I just say same seat as always. I just said it. I just <laughs> said it. It really means absolutely nothing. Well, uh, today on the show we are going to continue our series on the, I guess the worst depth series. You know, I just, we're just trudging through the debauchery that is the bottom of the league. Ouch. <laughs> and uh, you know, it seems as though we're starting to see a pattern of some of the same teams popping up on this list. Uh, Probably no. Actually, I would say this one has been the most different, but nevertheless, uh, some teams that at least were considered for this list that appeared pretty high on our defense and our center list. So uh, we'll, we'll dive into that. But before we do that, we're just going to talk through some of the news, some of the things going on around the league. Uh, specifically, of course, we've got about 48 hours, less than 48 hours now before William Nylander has to sign at 6 p.m. So on uh, Thursday when we record this. So William Nylander, of course, uh, that story been beaten to death like the ugly stepchild that's been locked inside of a crawl space and only fed three nuggets. And when I say nuggets, I, I don't, they're not even, we don't even know what kind of meat they are. They're not chicken nuggets. That's not fair to the chicken nuggets. They're just nuggets. They get three nuggets every night. That and is that's the all they get to eat. That's, <laughs> yep. Yep. All my, uh, yes. Okay. Anyways. So with, with that said, we'll, we'll talk to you later, but we'll also, a few goalies went on to, uh, the waiver wire today and, uh, one picked up. Calvin Pickard sent off by the Flyers and uh, Pickard taken by the Arizona Coyotes. So an interesting move there. And then uh, also we see your boy, Scott Darling. I, I This is where we need to cue up your excitement for Scott Darling in like early 2017. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was or super, eight. super high on this guy for yes, sure. Were. Yeah. I, I predicted he was going to go to Carolina and rip things up out of, after he came out of Chicago because, I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, Chicago's defense at the time wasn't lights out like it was in the Stanley Cup, right? Their no, big run right. over those cups. So, right. you know, you, you, you wouldn't expect a, a team like Carolina to, with a better defense to for him to suffer, right? Sure, you you sure. would think, if anything, he would probably, you know, face lesser quality shots if anything and so i my my initial reaction was okay this guy's got a you know he's the starter he's he's where he needs to be and he's gonna tear it up but no he didn't he didn't do that no he's as far a, from uh, it that's it's uh you know i there's this this is totally sort of unrelated there's this uh recording software that uh adobe made that they actually never ended up releasing it I, I think that they will eventually, uh, but it can take your, you can take someone's voice and you only need a certain amount of time with their voice. And then you can basically make their voice say anything you want. It can like duplicate their voice, make it sound exactly like them, even though they didn't say, you know, what they said wow. or what you make it say. Right. So if I could do that right now, I would go back and I would play a fake clip of you talking about how Scott Darling when he becomes erect, his dick is in the shape of the Vesna trophy. That's what I would really like to do. But since I don't have that technology, I'll just have to pretend. Very, very uh, descriptive of what my penis can do. Yes, yes, I've been. Well, not yours, Scott Darling. Okay, yeah, sorry. Have I ever? T have, have I told you the story about Joe Thornton and when I... Uh, when I just saw Joe Thornton in all his glory in the locker room one no, day? No, I, I don't think you did. I was a reporter for a local radio station, and I 
was uh, it was when the Red Wings and the Sharks were playing each other in the playoffs, and it was I think it was before Game One, and so it was like a lot of pregame or uh, pre pre series questions. So, you know, you're going around, you're just trying to hit everybody. At the time, I think it was like Nabokov was in net for the Sharks. Wow. That's... And so, yeah, I mean, this is so Thornton. I mean, this is when Thornton was the guy, right? He's the captain at the time. And I had talked to everybody. I had talked to Patrick Marlowe and oh, I'm trying to think who else, who else would have been on that team at, at that point. I mean, I think, I think like Dan Boyle might have been on Dan the Sharks Boyle. at that time. <laughs> uh, so, I'm looking around, and I said, I said, you know, I've got everybody except for Joe. Like, does anybody know where uh, Joe Thornton's at? And I turned around, and the first thing I saw, like, I guess, you know, just you don't see too many penises hanging out. And I first thing I saw was him. He was right there, and his dick was in my face. Oh, so he's that tall. He's her right. (laughs) And you're a tall man. He was a little distance away, but but I mean, like, 10 feet away. And I just said, oh, well, there's his penis. And I turned back around and and I, I don't think I ever got any any questions over to Joe. Yeah. How do you okay. how do you interview a guy after how seeing do you his penis? How do you recover? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. So that's my Joe Thornton story. Uh, All right. I mean, it's not the I mean, Joe Thornton is, has very, uh, very descriptively talked about his own penis and what he would do with it if he could do what Hurdle did. Uh, I believe it's oh, yeah. like one of his first games of the season. Between the legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'll leave that up to you to go and look up what he said. Okay. So anyways, let's talk this Nylander stuff first. Yeah. Less penis is more Nylander. Yes. Yes. Very true. Uh, so Babcock, he believes Nylander will be a career leaf. That, uh, that of course, coming out today uh, as well as, you know, Babcock's been dropping all these hints. He said things like, you know, I after last night's game uh, against the Sharks where the Leafs won 5-2, uh, and, and it was a really fast game. I mean, both teams were, were playing at a very high-octane style of play. And Babcock, after the game, he said, I actually think we can play faster. Like, we still have not hit our stride where we can be playing even faster. And he said, we're just getting guys back from injury. And he said, and Willie's really fast too. So, and, and he said some things in prior days where he's kind of hinting at like, yeah, I mean, you know, we're not even all here yet. You know, soon we will be though, kind of thing. And, you know, one of those like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I have an idea of what's going on behind the scenes, or you could take it that way. Or you could take it as Mike Babcock is basically going, Kyle Dubas, you better get this guy signed. And I am, or or maybe maybe Babcock's playing a little bit of psychological warfare with Nylander. I mean, he's like, there's no way that a, a good guy like Willie is not going to come back for his teammates. You know, I, I don't know which one it is. What what it, what are your thoughts on? You know, Babcock obviously wants him back because without Nylander, the Leafs could win a cup. Yeah, I actually I and, believe that, and with him. I, like I don't even know what this team is is going to look like with him because this team is already was playing well without Austin Matthews, and then they just you know they exchanged Frederick Goche for Austin Matthews, uh, <laughs> and then you know what what have next? It's going to be like a Josh Levo for a William Nylander. So I mean they're just upgrading insane you know in in in, in an unmeasurable type of way they're they're going to upgrade when they get Nylander back. So. Uh, yeah, thoughts on 
on what's going to happen. Maybe just what Babcock's doing, but then also what do you ultimately think is going to happen here? You know, I honestly believe that Babcock really has no idea what's going on with the Nylander situation. I think Kyle Dubas has probably filled him like, hey, we're talking to him. You know, we're over dealing with his agent. You know, he, he stopped skating over in Sweden. I think you were, you were the one who told me that. But um, I think other than that, though, he really has no clue what's going on. And I think it's more or less like a psychological warfare game where he's just like hinting both to like maybe toying with the media a little bit, but at the same time kind of hinting to, to Dubas like, hey, let's let's get this guy signed because we can be better. We can be faster. Mm-hmm. We can be, you know, because, you know, guys like Con- Connor Brown and, um, you know, Josh Levo maybe aren't the fastest guys. I mean, they're quick, but, you know, they're not slow well, by and, any and imagination. Even if, even, if even if they're considered fast skaters, they can't do what Nylander can do with speed. In, no, not at all. At, at that type of speed, too. No, and, and I mean, why wouldn't you want a guy like that to upgrade your team? Like you said, Austin Matthews, that's a huge upgrade over at just about any center in the league. So, you know, when you can bring in a winger that you can upgrade over, you know, just about any winger on your team except for maybe Mitch Marner, in my opinion. It, I mean, you with know. Nylander, uh, there's, there is no question to me this is the best forward group in the NHL. Oh, absolutely. Without him... I'd say that they're right on par with like a Tampa Bay. Sure. So, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely would agree with that. But I think the question now is, what is Nylander going to do? And I, I've kind of held a position that I think he's going to hold out for this year. I, the, you know, the longer, longer this thing's dragged on. You know, initially I thought maybe they would trade him and bring in a defenseman. You know, maybe fill some of those holes on the back end that maybe they're you know lacking. Um, but the more and more this drags on, and you've got forty-eight hours now till you know, the deadline to pretty much get it done. It to me almost seems like he's going to hold out for this year. And then, you know, which, which really, if you think about all right, it makes actual zero, none whatsoever sense to hold out because then you are missing out on let's right now. The number is 6.9 million is, is what's being thrown around is the long term like six to eight year deal at 6.9 million. Sure. Okay. So let's say it's 6.9 million. If you miss one full season, even if you go in the next you know, let's say you end up getting 7.3 or I mean, if you got eight or, or let's say you got seven, nine over six years, mm-hmm. that would only just make up for the year that you lost. Pretty so much. What does it matter? Like it, it doesn't matter. And you're going to now you're going to be, I mean, if you hold out, you're going to be labeled for the rest of your career as being difficult, as being all about the money. I mean, I remember a guy who played with the Detroit Red Wings who, despite the fact that he won the Selkie Trophy, he was an MVP one of the years he won the Selkie Trophy, that it was still like it was a it was a thing that Sergei Fedorov was all about the money. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, you know what? If you're all about the money, it's fine. Like, I, I understand. I mean, so yes, hopefully you love the game. But you know what? If you're just freaking really good. And you're like, yeah, this is my job. Like maybe you don't love every aspect of maybe being famous or, or the criticism or whatever it is. You you can do it for the money. Like I don't think that a lot of guys would go, well, if they were making a a hundred a thousand bucks a game, some guys might go, I could do something else. It's going to make me more money, so I'm going to go do that. You know, right? But I I I do think that you know that that's fine. But you just shouldn't publicly you don't want to be the guy who's all about money because it just looks bad on you sure no i mean i i look back at the the kyle tourist situation and 
and maybe kind of compare these a little bit because he held out till basically, I mean, the end, right? Till he got traded. No player has ever held out this long. Really? In the sal- in the salary cap. Era. Okay, there you go. Yeah, Nylander but Lander is the tourist held out until like around Thanksgiving time. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah. And then he was traded. Yeah, but I mean even if for tourists though, like right, we knew it was about the money and so now many many years later, do I mean do we still think of him like that type of player? But you know what? At the same time, Kyle Turris, he ended up signing what a deal for like three and a half million. Right, it time. wasn't big, big money. It, I mean, he was a he was a middle of the road player. Right. Yeah. You know, he things hadn't gone that well for him in Arizona, and he felt like he hadn't been given the opportunity to make the money that he should. And so that's I think played a, a factor. Whereas Nylander has everything to gain with staying with the Leafs. Like I think Turris just didn't want to be in Arizona. So no, that definitely out. probably played a part in it and because back then they were just, they were a horrible franchise. And I mean, you know, they, they were still up in the army. A lot of ownership. Yeah, issues, ownership yeah. issues and stuff like that. And I mean, look, he didn't have guys like Austin Matthews to play alongside with either. Right. So, right. you know, there's that. Yeah. But Well, so, so you still think that Nylander will hold out? I, I'm leaning that way. I'm probably like... 55% leaning towards he's holding out and 45 that he re-signs with the Leafs. So no trade. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think a trade's going to happen. I think I, at this point, because basically teams will offer up peanuts, in my opinion, compared to what they could get at the draft or you right, know, earlier right. in the year. So Kyle Dubas wouldn't do that. I, I think, too, that now, as the season has progressed, suddenly Morgan Riley's in the Norris conversation. He leads all defensemen in points. So uh, there's that. There's that. <laughs> so you've got your number one. You've got your one number one D. Uh, Jake Gardner has been much. He's been even more improved on last year. J- Jake Gardner is actually statistically much more steady than a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, he's a puck moving defenseman. So yeah, sometimes he's going to give the puck away. It just happens. As opposed to yeah, was Ron Hainsey's not creating the uh, not creating the like the outflow of the zone. So he's not having as many opportunities to make that bad stretch pass. Uh, but with that said, Ron Hainsey has been better uh, early on in the season. There was a lot of questions about whether or not he, he could even keep up anymore. You know, it was that like, well, has he hit that wall where, you know, though some of the older guys, you just hit it and they hit it hard. And right. That's that. And he, he's been a lot better. Zaitsev, eh, He's still not good, but he's 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 been better than last year at least. And last year he was atrocious. And, but then uh, Igor Ojaganov has been really good, and he he looks much improved. And then you've got to go. Travis Dermott is if the Leafs lose Gardner, he's kind of that Gardner replacement. And so I think now the Leafs are looking at their defense core and they're going, could we use help? Yes, we could use help. I think that they would love to not have to play. Uh, well, Babcock loves Ron Hainsey, but I would love <laughs> yeah. to not have to play Ron Hainsey all the time. And if one guy gets goes down, then they're in trouble. So I could, I could see them spending a mid-level draft pick on a defenseman to bring them in. But I don't think that they feel like they need to go out and get a Justin Falk or they need to go out and grab that high-level defenseman and give up Nylander for that. Because I just don't think you're going to get the same kind of statistical output that you will from that you would from Nylander. Okay. Now, let me let me throw this scenario at you. Say he say he signs, right? Maybe a one-year bonus-laden deal here just to get him in here for the year and then they can work things out in the summer or at least try to. When you got Jake Gardner coming up for a new contract as well and you're trying to decide who you're going to keep long-term, 
do you keep Nylander long term or well, keep you can only Gardner? keep one of them. You got to keep William Nylander okay. for sure. I'm just, I'm just I mean, just William Nylander is 23 and Gardner is he'll be 28. Right. So you got to think that Jake Gardner has let's let's give him four years max of high level right. play. Whereas and and he's always been a bubble number three defenseman, anyways. So where yeah, you're not gonna okay, you're not gonna give him up. Yeah. So um, well, let, let's move on to this goalie waiver wire thing going on today. Uh, Scott Darling on waivers for the Hurricanes, and then Calvin Pickard on, on waivers for the Flyers, claimed by the Coyotes. Uh, obviously, there's just a weird, strange enough, the Flyers get in terrible goaltending, but there's a logjam at goaltending. So what's uh, what's going on with this? I mean, Philadelphia is almost like historically bad goaltending wise. Yeah, and I think this is just the new... Uh, management coming in for Philadelphia and just pretty much, I, I don't want to say that they gave up on Pickard or just thought, hey, we got a log jam of goaltenders, so we need to get rid of one. I think they're just trying to clean house. They're trying to clear roster spots wherever they can because maybe management's thinking, you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna roll in some some Carter Hart here pretty soon because yeah. we need something to change and yeah. we need a spark here and. You know, I I don't know, maybe, you know what was going on behind the scenes with Hextoff. Maybe he never thought about bringing him up during all these injuries or whatever. Um, I for the life of me can't figure out how how he hasn't been up. Yeah, I I I can't either. I why, mean, why are you sheltering him so much? I mean, your team's last place in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like they bring up other guys like Alex Lyon. He Alex Lyon was okay when he started a couple games last year. He wasn't good in my opinion but he was okay uh carter hart's been you know pretty good in the minor league system he hasn't been great great but he's been pretty good yeah so why not give him a look it's not going to make your work team any worse at this right, point right like you said. right and then i i just feel like it can only you bring up a young kid who especially you you think he's going to be you want him to be in your organization for a long time next 10 years minimum and you think he's going to be really good why are you not getting him used to the speed of the nhl bring him up let him play some games and see what you know it it's only can be a learning opportunity when you go hey you know you came up and you saw where your weaknesses were and you were you know you saw where you could be exposed so now you're going to go back down to the minors and you can work on those areas of your game but now you have a better idea of how fast you have to play and how well you're going to have like how dedicated you're going to need to be or even better he goes up and he's good and you can just keep him there yeah, that would be the the dream scenario, obviously. And I mean, how much worse can he really be? Right? Do you seriously think that he's worse than Brian Elliott is right now? What the frick happened to Brian Elliott, man? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He was always so St. good Louis in St. Should Louis. Just and, trade him. Trade for him. Uh, honestly, well, why is St. Louis should trade for Brian Elliott? St. Louis needs well, to go turn too. Oh, we know this, but I think at this point, you're just if you're looking at Brian Elliott, you're like. Uh, is he actually going to be healthy if we trade for him? Probably not. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've actually heard Jimmy Howard's name thrown around for yeah, St. Louis big time, but it's been all over. Um, him. They just have a. Well, I don't cap think Jimmy issue, Howard so. wants to leave. No, I don't think he does either. But I, I, he said he's open to signing a new contract with the, the no, Wings. No, and I think the Wings year, so. want to. But if you're the Wings, maybe you'd be like, hey Jimmy, go over here. We'll get a first rounder for you, and uh, hey, then come Jimmy, resign with us. Hey Jimmy, you're stopping us from getting a good player in the draft, right? Because <laughs> your 922 save percentage is killing us. He right is single handedly taking the Wings out of the basement of the Eastern Conference and yeah. put them into playoff contention. I mean, Jimmy Howard hasn't been this good in four years. Yeah, he's playing really good. So, um, no, but I mean, 
for Philadelphia, right? You talk about this logjam of just terrible goaltending. Um, you know, like you said, you hope he come like Carter Hart can come up here. Maybe he plays great, which would be awesome because, like to me, I think okay, this kid you want to get him developed as quickly as possible because you got guys like. Jacob Voracek, 29. Claude Drew, 30. Uh, JVR, 29. Your window's getting shorter and shorter every single year. So if you can get him fast-tracked to being a starter in this league, there's your potential, you know, number one guy so that you can go out there. Because you got the good, you got good pieces on D. You got good pieces at forward. You just need to solidify that goaltending. And so if you can get Carter Hart going quicker, I think that's that's obviously ideal to get this franchise back at the top. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand what it would hurt now at this point to go, well, let's just bring up... I mean, everyone is on... It seems like is hurt right now in their goaltending. I mean, hey, they are paying Ilya Brizgalov something, right? <laughs> <laughs> they could... I, I know he oh, that, he doesn't have a, a cap hit. He was one of those buyouts. But he was one of the... Uh, so he gets... Uh, oh, what does he get right now? I know from, from them buying him out. Yes, he gets... One point six four two eight five seven million to not play every hockey. year until twenty twenty seven. I mean, you're paying them. You might as well bring them back, right? It's stop. Um, but yeah, I mean, you really, it just makes no sense to me that they they just don't bring him up. I in my mind, they sent him down. You know, you got Newverth and you have Brian Elliott on IR. We've got Anthony Stolarz up. I wonder, I wonder if Carter Hart's coming up. Yeah, you would think so at this point because what else, I mean. And obviously Ron Hextall felt as though he didn't want to touch him. He wanted to leave him in the minors and let him develop down there. And there was obviously a very a deep disagreement because it was enough to fire your GM instead of the coach first. And so, right. Yeah, and if I mean if you're Philadelphia at this point, you're just, you know, you're trying to you're trying to shake things up big enough to be like, hey, we need to get it going. We're quarterway through the season, you know. We, they could still potentially go on a big run here, like they did last year, and make the playoffs, right? And if Carter Hart gets hot, obviously, like this is a good way to shake up a team is bringing a guy and be like, hey, listen, Elliot, you're done. Noivert, you're done. Just go play backup somewhere. Maybe we'll try to move you, Elliot, if you want at the deadline or something. But that's it. Well, they got to keep one goalie, right? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and then speaking of goaltending injuries, right? So we flip the script to Arizona, and they pick up Picard off off of waivers, and it's because their goaltending issue right now is like Ranta and Kepner can't stay healthy right now either. So, um, you know, but uh, unlike Philadelphia, those two guys are actually good when they're healthy. So, yeah, I think that Philadelphia is their problem isn't scoring goals. I mean, they're averaging three goals a game. That's fine. That should be good enough to win you. That should be good enough to keep you out of last place. Should. But, uh, although goal scoring is up this year. So I, I think that there it does need to be some readjustment of, you know, looking and going, well, they're scoring three goals a game. Well, maybe that's not enough anymore. But at the same time, they're al- they've allowed 86 goals in 24 games. They're a minus 14. They, they have the second worst goal differential in the Eastern Conference. And so, I mean, it's just not going to cut it. Uh, and at home, they've just been atrocious, 5-7-1. and one. And so, yeah, the changes are obviously coming in Philadelphia. Yeah, maybe Wayne Simmons gets shipped out now. And, you that, know, like I said, that pieces would, get moved. And the, the, uh, To me, the thing is that they're going to go and they're going to find a GM first. 
Yeah, and, and I'm hearing, I think it's Fletcher's yeah. name. Yeah. They, they definitely want somebody with experience. Every name that's being thrown out is somebody with experience. Like I, Dean Lombardi, his name has been put out. I don't think that he'll be the GM, but he's somehow connected. Yeah, you said Chuck Fletcher. I think that you might get like a Mike Futa in, in Los Angeles. He's always, his name's been tossed around since the Leafs were looking for a GM uh, well, way back. So, yeah, I mean, there there's no shortage of guys with experience that are waiting in the wings to be able to you know go for go for a second try ron francis i remember he was let go last year and i think that i see uh, that name was thrown out i saw it and my first thought was well he was basically fired for the same reason that ron hextall was fired was that he was too patient and they felt like you know, remember in Carolina, the new owner is like, no, no, like we're not on the same page because I want him to start making, like start doing things. And Hextall, remember he didn't do any, or uh, uh, sorry, Francis didn't do anything at the trade deadline. And I think that that's ultimately what, what kind of killed him. And uh, Hextall, kind of the same thing. He hasn't, Hextall though, actually it's funny. Hextall and Francis, what was their one downfall? Goaltending. Yeah. They could never find a goaltender. Here's another situation too. Next year or this offseason, we got a whole bunch of pretty dang good goaltenders coming on the free agent market, too. So if you give Carter Hart a tryout now and he's not ready, you know you have to go out and pluck one of those guys. Yeah, but you uh, like you can't go get uh, Bobrovsky. Yeah, or you just Semyon Varlamov. Okay, a Varlamov, yeah. Yeah, a guy like Varlamov. Maybe like a – you could trade for like a Craig Anderson potentially who has Cam one – Talbot maybe. One year left on his deal. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that because I think you could bring in Craig Anderson. He can settle things down. Next year you could have Carter Hart play like a 1A, 1B with Craig Anderson. I think okay. it would be a good situation. Craig Anderson just seems to me to be a, a really good man. and so Oh, I'm sure he is, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he want to leave Ottawa. I don't know what his his contract looks like, but uh, so okay. Well, let's uh, let's dive into our left wing worst depth in the league. All right, who sucks at left wing? <laughs> who sucks? That's what we're gonna call it. Who sucks at left wing? Uh, did anybody just miss your list? Yeah, had a couple teams uh, put Colorado in there as well as the Detroit Red Wings who have been number one on both of our previous lists and they finally get out of the top five worst for once. Yeah, they made my they made sixth for me. Okay, so. great. Yeah, they were right there for me too. Um, yeah, mostly because Nyquist is performing pretty well. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi last night comes out and scores two goals and I love this kid. He's, he's just fun to watch and that missing tooth and smile is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they and they, they got some pretty good pieces and of course, um, you know, when you look at prospects they have my Calder finalist for this season, Philip Sedina at left wing. So <laughs> <laughs> So there's that. You know, there's something something to this. Uh your Calder prediction goes to the minors, your Vesna trophy winner. This year is bad for predictions for me. <laughs> well, bad. I guess I'm Scott Darling wasn't actually ever on your Vesna, but no. Uh, who is your Vesna for this year? This year, oh, I think I took um, I I put in um, Halabuck, Vasilevsky, and then I threw in Halak as a wild card. Oh, uh, yes, so. yes, yes, and it should have been Frederick Anderson. Should have been. Um, oh, you know, no, I think I did put him in there. Maybe, yeah, I did. Yeah, with with Halabuck. But anyways. Um, this list, though, a little difficult for me to do just because I um, started looking at some of the, the left wings in this league, and 
you know, like for instance, I, I used Edmonton as an example when I was talking to you about this. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins, right? Playing left wing a lot with Connor McDavid last year, played a little bit this year to start off, and now he's back centering the second line. Um, you know, where do you put a guy like that? Do you actually count him as left wing depth or do you put him in, um, you know, at center and, you know, like in Detroit, right? Anthony Manta and Roto World, he's listed as a left winger, but he's played a right wing all year long. So to me, I think I look at guys at where they played a majority of this year at and where I honestly think they probably should be listed as in terms of position. And, uh, you know, honestly, I think um, for me, you know, I that's why Detroit, you know, missed this list is just because, you know, they had a couple guys left wing that were actually left wingers and they were pretty mm-hmm. decent to me. So well, now now in, in fair, I would say that, OK, Edmonton, let, let's say Edmonton mm-hmm. uh, where, yes, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is listed as a left winger. At least, you know, like Roto World has him as a left winger on their depth chart. And so does a couple other places. Um, but Connor McDavid or uh, Leon Dreisaitl is listed as a center. So, okay, Nugent Hopkins is playing the center. Well, yeah, now Leon Dreisaitl is because he's playing the left side of Connor McDavid. So, to me, that's that's where, yes, the list isn't perfect. But if you have a bunch of centers and they're not all playing center, they are on your wing somewhere. So. Sure. I mean, Detroit, again, another example. Anthony Seo, right? He's primarily been a center his whole entire life, but because Detroit's got an abundance of decent centers, guys that could take faceoffs, and Anthony Seo may not be as good at that as some guys he's put on the right wing now because of it. So, Which, to me, says, you know, this is a conversation about depth. So it does... The, the, the fact that they have players who can switch positions does play into that depth conversation a little bit. Okay. Uh, okay, well, let's hear your... Who is at number five, the fifth worst depth at left wing? Mm, for me, uh, the New York Islanders. Okay, New York yeah. Islanders. And I know some people are scratching heads because they're they're playing pretty well. They got uh, their captain, actually, is a left winger. Uh, Mr. Lee is not such a bad one to have. But um, honestly, outside of that, when you look at Tom Kunakel, uh, Matt Martin, Anthony Bulova. Andrew Ladd. Yeah, Andrew Ladd, I mean. They're... Uh, there's guys that are probably, you know, third, if not f- probably fourth liners outside of Anders Lee, and that's about it. So, um, in fairness, Ladd was on pace for about 40 something points <laughs> yeah. early on until he got hurt. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and then outside of that, too, you look at um, what they have coming up through the system, and there's not a ton to get me excited about. So, that's why they're at number five for me. Okay. Uh, my number five. I actually don't have the New York Islanders on my list at all. So, well, congratulations. Which, which hey, I mean, you got it. The number five spot, and you got a little wiggle room. Um, my number five is actually the Chicago Blackhawks. Really, despite bringing in Brandon Perlini for Nick Schmaltz, hmm. uh, and Nick Schmaltz, I believe, is a left winger. So, well, he's actually listed at center for them. Oh, is he listed at center now? Okay, for the Coyotes. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. I'm sorry. He is left wing. I'm, I'm talking about Mr. Strom. I'm sorry. That's who is in my mind. Oh, um, Strom. Oh, yeah. They brought yeah, Strom. Yeah. So Brandon Saad is their top left winger. After mm-hmm. that, I mean, when a 37-year-old Chris Kunitz is your second left winger, maybe Brandon Perlini, maybe Marcus Kruger. Well, actually, it doesn't really matter. daily face-off, uh, Alex Dabrinkit playing left winger for them yeah but he's and i like him and and i i guess here's and here's some of the problem is it's, it's very difficult sometimes to come to an agreement on who's on the left and sure. who's on the right because really even coaches they they just 
all right, you're you're an F one, two, and three. So you, right. you're not even. I mean, you yes, you have your center, but you kind of your wings are interchangeable. Depends on your coach. Like Mike Babcock, he likes to keep guys on their on the same stick wing. You know, if you're right. a left-handed shot, you're going to be on the left side unless it's unavoidable. But uh, to me, Debrinket has he's traditionally played on the right side. Uh, that's fair. So I, I'm keeping him on the right side, and that's. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if we if we went by Yahoo Fantasy, <laughs> these guys could be three positions. You right. take like sixteen faceoffs, and suddenly you're listed as a center. Oh goodness! So yeah, that's why I always loved in the past grabbing Nyquist because he was always listed center, left, and right wing. Yes, yes, fantastic. Yeah, can you use him in all situations. Oh, there was, I, I Fedorov at one point would have been literally every position, every position, including <laughs> D. Uh, so yeah, so I, I'm I'm going with Chicago. I just don't. Brandon Saad is an overrated left winger to begin with. I think, I mean, what a horrific trade to trade out uh, Panarin for Just because you want to save some money in the future? Just just a a horrific move. The thing is that if Chicago hadn't done that move, they kept Panarin, they probably wouldn't have made the playoffs last year. Like, that's how much better he would have made this team. they probably could be in the playoff picture this year, too. And and even if he's not going to re-sign there, what is Brandon Saad going to do for you next year? And they, I mean, they already Corpusalo or well, not Corpusalo. Who was it that they uh, that they traded along with Anton them? Forsling? Forsling, yeah. Who they thought that actually the thought was well, he's going to come in and he maybe can challenge for the starting position eventually, and he's just really not. Yeah, and he'll fill that hole that Scott Darling did when he left. Oh baby, there we <laughs> maybe go. Chicago claims Darling now. Yeah, Chicago should claim. Right, and they'd have Crawford, Ward, and Darling. Uh, so yeah, so Chicago Blackhawks, my my number five, and your number four, sir. Number four, I have the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, yeah, because honestly, they and again, this goes back to debate about left and right wing. Because Teravainen, you could put him at right, you could put him at left. Primarily, he's been on the right wing for Aho this year, so to me, he's a right winger. But after that, they're Biggest producing left winger is Michael Furlan, fifteen points, twenty four, and then it really just and, goes. and really, I mean, how much of that is playing alongside Aho, right? And uh, yeah, and Tara I mean, and then after that, everything just falls out from underneath them. I mean, you get, their right wingers are pretty decent; they got decent centers, but there's nobody producing uh, on that left wing at all for them. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Warren Fogle's a nice story. He's a nice little player, but he's definitely not a guy who's going to drive a line. He he can produce here and there, but yeah, it's uh, Jordan Martinuk though. Oh boy. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would. I agree. I actually have Carolina a little higher on my list. I have them at third. Okay. Uh, definitely by far the weakest position for for this team. Now, I, I think that as you, I I do remember. I think in Chicago, Teravainen was playing on the left side. And so they, they've obviously they've they've shifted him, and you know Carolina is interesting because you're just going to see like a Svechnikov. He he's looked fine. He hasn't looked bad. No, but he's he's only going to get better. Uh, you know, next year he may come in and, and he can be he could be close to being a, a superstar type of player. It's just he's going through some growing pains. He didn't get the year Elias Peterson got playing in the AHL. Uh, 
playing over like overseas and, and doing, you know, developing. He's just kind of thrown into the mix and he's being given less ice time. And so I, I think you can develop a player any way you want. Uh, I don't think that you have to play a guy in the minors or whatever. Like, so Svetsnikov, he'll, he's only going to get better. I mean, this team's good, but yeah, their left side leaves something to be desired for sure. My number four is maybe a team that you wouldn't expect. I highly doubt they're on your list. Uh, my number four is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Really? Yes. All right. Lay it on me. So they have Jake Gensel and Tanner Pearson. Uh, outside of that, Dominic Simon, Zach Aston Reese. Uh, Aston Reese. Uh, of course, no, nothing to write home about there. Uh, so let's talk Getzel and Tanner Pearson. Now, Tanner Pearson, I think, is... He has just been touted as this, like, oh, he's going to be that next young superstar for the L.A. Kings, right? Before, you know, the last maybe three years before this, it was like he he was the, the next guy who was going to be able to come up and be. Yeah, he and Toffoli were supposed to be the next wave of forwards right. coming in. Right, for that team. So uh, he obviously wasn't, which is why he was dealt and. And then Jake Getzel is is interesting. So Jake Getzel, RFA at the end of this year. And my question is, are the Pittsburgh Penguins going to be able to re-sign Jake Getzel? Uh, I mean, Derek Broussard, free agent at the end of this year. So they're going to have to replace. Once again, we're coming up on, you're going to have to replace your third line center. Mm -hmm. So are they going to try and hang on to Getzel and, and just... You know, continue and, and re-sign Derek Broussard somehow. I mean, they have $9 million in cap space. They have to, to do that, and they're going to have to figure out something with this goaltending situation because Matt Murray can't stay healthy. Are they going to need to bring in... Maybe they need to look elsewhere. Yeah, I've, had, I've heard Pittsburgh being a name for Jimmy Howard thrown around too, you know? It, yeah, and, um, and so to me, there's, there's a lot that this team maybe needs to adjust. I mean, clearly... Yes, they won the Stanley Cup with a less than defense core, mm-hmm. but it's. Sh- I think it's starting to show some cracks. Yeah, you know, e- even Jack Johnson, good, good signing. Uh, yeah, yeah, great, great. Like we talk about too, and trying to re-sign a guy like Gensel, right? Jack Johnson could potentially hurt that ability to do that because Gensel right now has got twenty points through twenty-four games, and with a healthy Crosby back too, and now you're playing on his wing. I mean. That point total could continue to just keep going up, and he could be a 60, 70 point player by the time the year is over with. with you gotta pay him $8 million. Yeah. And now you're going to be asking for Willie Nylander money, I mean, at this point. I mean, I, he, I don't think that he's. I think he's definitely benefited from playing with the players that he's played with. Oh, for sure. Uh, and that, to me, is some of the reason why I put them on this list. I, I, I know it, it sounds strange to put, you know, a team with Getzel and Pearson on there, but really, I mean, they're just isn't a whole lot there. I mean, those guys, yes, Getzel's producing, but who does he play alongside? What what would anyone else produce with a good amount of skill on that left side? No, I, I agree. So I, there's, there's just there's, no one on the left side that really drives anything to me at all. There's definitely validity to your argument. I mean, I don't put them on this list because they are producing. Um, but again, that doesn't mean that someone else could come in and still produce at, you know, close to or if not the same kind of rates um the only i guess the only big question and maybe something to again you know kind of solidify your argument is just they don't have anybody and who's coming up through in the minor system nobody on that left side anyways 
No. Yeah, not not much. I mean, Pittsburgh maybe has one of the most barren wasteland of a you know of a, of a prospect pool at this point, uh, which is which is understandable uh, because you know hey, they won two cups in a row and they they're always competitive. So they're always taking chances at winning the cup and and making trades like the Derek Broussard trade. And so, uh, you know, you can't blame this team necessarily for not having their cupboards fully stocked, but uh, it it will it will hurt them eventually. And that's you know that's why you go through some downtimes because you do need to restock the cupboards because you can't afford to keep everybody and you do need to have players who can play on their ELC and be effective. Uh, okay, so my number three was Carolina, which we, we have already hit. Who's your number three? My number three, the Vancouver Canucks. Okay, well, I have them at number two. Number so two, wow, okay. Just a little behind here. Hey, well, I'm always just a little behind. I am a goaltender, so always in the back. That was a horrible joke. It anyways. Always like it in the back? Oh, boy. So anyways, uh, yeah, Vancouver, right? You look at what they have on the left side. Their top winger, Louis Erickson, he's not actually having that bad of a year no, right now. No, he's really not. He's, um, he's had a nice bounce back year from right. what he was. From what he was, yeah. exactly. But the rest of it, uh, Lyspeck, uh, Good, Good Bolt, Goodobin, I mean, Anton Roussel, Tyler Mott, what? What is this left wing? It's 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 barren when you have guys like Vertanen and and Brock Besser on the right wing, and you got Peterson and Horvat up the middle. You got decent guys on the other side of the the, the forward group, but the left wing just seems to be pretty empty. Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, Sven Barchi can also play play the left side sure. there, but he's he's hurt right now. He's in the IR. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, this team has built from the center position which is uh, i suppose the way you're supposed to do it and uh they they're nicely positioned at the center position right now uh they do have good talented wingers they just happen to not be on the left side and i think that that's an area where i mean defensively i I believe this team was on the list on our list for defense as well it was the top five and so you know you look at that left side along with their defense and you you're understanding why this team has fallen rapidly from where they were first place in the first 10 games of the season in that Pacific division and has quickly fallen from grace. And uh, a lot that of that has to do with the fact that they aren't getting outside scoring from Elias Peterson and Brock Besser and, and a Bo Horvat to an extent. Yeah. I mean, even Louis Erickson, a guy who we're saying is having a, a, a pretty fair season. I mean, 23 points last year and he has 12 points already this year, but I mean, 12 points in 27 games, you're, you're barely on pace for, you're for 40, 35, 40 yeah. points, right? It's not like you're producing at a crazy rate. And let's not forget, I believe he's making $6 million. If, uh, if I'm, yeah, if no, I'm, you're right. So $6 million. So, yeah, I mean, he's producing way below where he should be anyways for the money that he's making, along with a nice fat no trade clause. So. Oh yeah, and he's there for another four years. Oh yeah, enjoy that. At least he's not signed for eight million. But okay, uh, no, okay, no. Your number three is Vancouver. My number two is Vancouver. So hit Let's me with your number two. All right, number two. Uh, my money's on that you have them at number one. But uh, the Arizona Coyotes. Son of a bitch. <laughs> well, that's my number one. Wow. Let's talk about it then. Let's talk about it. Well, let me tell you why. 
Arizona is my number one. Okay. Uh, who's your number one? Let's just... My number one, a team you didn't even have making your list. You just missed nothing. The Edmonton Oilers. Okay. So, yeah, you have the Edmonton Oilers. Yes. And, and some of that is because you've looked at them and you say they have Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins all at the center position. Right. They just happen to be playing out of position uh, because they're so bad. And they have yes. to play them out there. Yeah. So, whereas I go... Well, these guys are playing on, you know, Dreisaitl is on the wing. He is on the left side. And a guy with Dreisaitl's talent, it's hard for me to throw this team into that list with Dreisaitl playing the left side right now. Okay. Or if it's not Dreisaitl, you know, obviously you're right. If this team is clicking on all cylinders, like we imagined two years ago, it was, yeah, we got McDavid and you got Dreisaitl and you've got Nugent Hopkins, all the one, two, three punch. And... You know, like Pittsburgh with their Crosby, Malkin, Broussard, or Toronto now with their Matthews, uh, Tavares, Kadri. You know, you've got those three pivots, and you can really throw whoever you want on their wings, and they're going to produce. Uh, whereas Edmonton hasn't had that luck because apparently you can't just put anyone you want in the wing. Right. And you look past, Especially when they're slow. Right, exactly. And you look past uh, Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl McDavid, right? And you look at wingers that they have on that, that that do play that left side. And your best guy is Drake Kajula and Milan Lucic. And Kajula, I mean, nine points, 20 games. He's a minus six. Milan Lucic, even worse, five points, a minus nine. Just, it's bare. There's nothing in the minors. Maybe... Puli Arvey eventually produces a little like a bit. Yamamoto, but, or, yeah. But right now, it just it's there's nothing there unless that's and and again that goes back to your point. While they're why they're playing a guy like Nugent Hopkins up on the left wing a lot with Connor McDavid or you know Drysaddle. So you know again, it's a difference of where we think guys should be slotted and where they are slotted. Sure, I guess. Sure. Uh, well, the Arizona Coyotes uh, being my number one. Uh, this team is offensively quite stunted. I mean, I, th- I think the system they're playing this year, they, they do look better. I mean, they're, you know, they're not really in the picture necessarily for the playoffs, but they're also not so far out of it. I mean, no, because that division time, is that bad. This time last year, they were on another planet. They, they were on the moon watching hockey. Uh, that's, that's how far out of it that they were. I mean, they are, they're eight, six points out of a playoff spot. Granted, they have four games in hand on the Anaheim Ducks, who are seven points ahead of them. So yeah. technically, they win all four of those games, and they're in the third spot in the Pacific Division. So they aren't as far out of it as they maybe appear right now, but this team just cannot score. I mean, 57 goals in it. So second least amount of goals in the Western Conference, uh, second only to a lowly Los Angeles Kings and uh, that actually is second in the whole entire league. So, and it and it really it's barely close. I mean, you've got a couple teams in the low 60s. After that, everyone's in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, I mean, who will be the first team to score 100 goals? It, it's looking like it'll probably be Colorado. Colorado. Colorado's got 95 goals. The best top games. line in hockey right now. Crazy. Toronto and uh, Tampa with 93 goals. So yeah, I mean, it's to to only have 57 goals. Of course, you're you need to get amazing goaltending, which they did early on. Uh, Auntie Ranta's looked good. Yeah, when he's healthy. When he's healthy, they're, exactly. they're awesome at goal. And they got they got a great defense. Jarmelson is a very, very good complimentary number three defenseman to have on that team. And when uh, Chikrin's healthy, I mean, it, it works for them. Yes. And now when it comes to that left side, Grabner, Ahinastronza, 
uh, Nick Cousins and a Lawson Cruz. I mean, you really are not playing with much other than Grabner's ability to score shorthanded goals. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. Grabner's looked all right this year. Oh, oh, no, no, much, he's much finished, like he's Louis Erickson, nice. but he's fitting um, nice. I, yeah. I mean, I think that he's done exactly what you expected him to do. You're you're hoping that Michael Grabner can get you twenty goals, mm-hmm. which he's hey, twenty twenty three games, and he's got uh, six goals, so he has four of them shorthanded, <laughs> which is hilarious. It uh, is. If you were to continue that streak, I think he'd have the record for most shorthanded goals. Uh, and two of his five assists are shorthanded too, which is just right. Right. Still. So yeah, I mean, he's fine, but I don't think that he's at all a difference maker. He 100% requires somebody who can hit him in stride, essentially going on a breakaway and score. Right. And that's a lot of his goals are, are using his speed to get around guys. And yeah, cause he can finish. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He showed that in New York. And I, I think, too, when you look at the rest of this left wing, I think that's a big reason why Arizona went out and made that deal with Chicago because a guy like Nick Schmoltz now maybe you're hoping can give you a little boost on that left wing side, which is definitely where they're you know, lacking more than any other position uh, on this team right now. I mean, you got a guy like Clayton Keller on the right side who can score. Christian Fisher, you know, I, I'm not 100% sold on him yet, but... You know he he could he could turn out to be something pretty decent. So um, down the middle they they got a bunch of second line centers, which isn't too bad. I mean, again you get hot hot goaltending and good defense. They got a lot of speedy guys who can score some goals. So maybe their their offense picks it up at some point. But um, yeah, Nick Smoltz is pretty much it for them on the left wing. So one game in, no points. So we'll see. Maybe Dave Bolin will come back. Maybe Dave Bolin. Or Chris Pronger could come back and play. Oh for him. goodness! You know, Chris Pronger actually said he was interested in being a general manager. And of course, when oh. Hexall got fired, everybody was just like, "Oh, we want." Oh we want. yeah, yeah. But just see. like the Red Wings are crying for Eiserman right now. But right. Um, I, I know they've already the Flyers have come out and said they don't want anybody who's familiar with the franchise. They want somebody new, a fresh face. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. Now I don't know if that would would that mean Chris Pronger? Because is he really familiar with the franchise? I mean. He played for the Flyers in like the, what the, when when did he play for the Flyers? He it wasn't like the mid two thousands. Yeah, when Chris Pryor was there, because didn't he go there after? No, 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 because he he played there after he won in Anaheim, right? Right. He went there kind of towards the end of his career. Yeah. yeah, I mean he played there last in two thousand and twelve. He played thirteen games in two thousand twelve. Oh right, because he was on the Flyers and he got. Hit in the eye, right? Mm-hmm. He got hit in the face by uh, Grabowski, I think it was, on the uh, Leafs. You must His last right. game was against the Leafs, I know that. And he got a concussion, I think, and, and that was that. Yeah, right um, now he's a scouting advisor, a special advisor of the Panthers right now. So Yes, yep, he works for the Panthers. Uh, so, to me, I don't know. I don't know if that would be somebody who's considered to be familiar. No. I, c- I could see, like, well, we're definitely not hiring from within. And maybe we don't want anybody who's been here before in terms of like a management position, which who, who, who has? Right. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens there, and uh, and yeah, we'll, well, I think that there is a strong possibility that you know Philadelphia really right now they're five points out. Uh, I think that you got to be looking at this like. Pittsburgh was looking at it a week ago going, yeah, we are in last place in the Eastern Conference, but not really. Like, we'll be fine if we flip Stick things around. to us. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think Philadelphia can probably make the playoffs still, but do you want to? 
That's a very good question. Because that's actually. really what they've been doing the last, like, I think, you know, what they've made the playoffs two of the last four years. They lost in the first round both times. And so is there anybody thinking that Philadelphia is going to go in? Okay, let's say one of the wild card spots. Are they going to beat Toronto? Oh, they might beat Buffalo. If Buffalo's in first and some, <laughs> I don't think they'd That's beat crazy. Buffalo. I'll tell you what, I would love to see a Buffalo-Toronto first round series. Honestly. I, I don't. I don't want that. <laughs> that rivalry is very underrated. Oh, I mean, that rivalry will be amazing. You know, yes. Michael versus Matthews. I mean, yes. that's really American born centers right there. Uh, that, I mean, uh, before before we move on, there's our left wing. There's our you suck at left wing. Yeah, sorry, Arizona, you suck. We'll uh, and we'll we'll now continue the conversation with Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> the Buffalo Sabers for a long, you know, they it was thought that they were a year or two ahead of the Leafs in terms of their rebuild, right? Like right. they got Eichel and it was like, okay, yeah. Where's the line kind of, was there? Right, right. Yeah. And kind of thinking, okay, they're going to move along here. They had all, they made that big trade for Ryan O'Reilly when they you know, brought him in from Colorado. Yeah, Carter Hutton, there's your MVP right now. But. Oh, right, yeah, for sure. But so then the Leafs, you know, they, they drafted Morgan Riley and they drafted Mitch Marner and then they were able to get Austin Matthews and suddenly they went from we're a year behind Buffalo or so because I remember the year the year the Leafs finished last, the Sabres finished, you know, not in a playoff contention, but like they weren't horrible. And right. so it was like, okay, yeah, maybe next year the Leafs will be like that and the Sabres are going to get better. We'll just be a little bit behind them in terms of our development. And then the next year the Leafs made the playoffs and away they went. And uh, Buffalo kind of lagged behind. And now I think what's happened is suddenly Buffalo has caught up with what has been going on in Toronto because of getting Rasmus Dahlin and everything's just kind of has started to work out. I mean, how many times have we seen you go to the standings and you look and you see the last 10? How many times in a season do we see a team 10 0 0? I mean, it's a rare winning 10 games in a row is unreal. And they're doing a lot of those by like one goal games because, again, like we talked about, I think it's seven or eight games out of those, they've only given up one goal. Yeah. Or lost in overtime because Carter Hutton. Yeah. They play Tampa Bay tonight. So that'll be that'll be a really good match for them. Yeah, big test. Absolutely. So here's here's something funny too. When I was when I was driving on the way over here, listening to XM, and I always love it when radio announcers play GM because it's it's one of my favorite things to do when I'm you know NHL 18. I love playing GM and just trading guys and building. You should get 19 because it's a new one. Yeah, you know what? Suck it. I am sticking with the old one. It's actually a bet. It's actually I would say the the physics in that game are not just like a light upgrade. It's pretty significant. You think it's actually it's actually worth it. And I think the game's only like 30 bucks. On uh, on the the whatever the PS network, yeah, yeah, okay, maybe I'll do that. Anyways, um, they were talking about Chicago, right? How this team is pretty much not going to make the playoffs, and even if they did, somehow made a wild card spot, they were just they're pretty much sunk at that point, right? So they were talking about what would accelerate a rebuild, and they looked at their core five guys of Crawford, Keith, Seabrook, Taves, and Kane, and they're like, which one of these guys could you get a good return for, and would be most likely willing to move? And they said Patrick Kane. I don't think he'd be willing to move. Well, okay. Well, that's what Matthew Barnaby said. So he's like, I know all these guys, and I think that oh. Patrick Kane is just the guy most willing to do it if that ever happened. Um, and I, I started thinking about it. You know, he's from Buffalo, right? Uh, yes, that's right. Wouldn't I mean, this is the time to strike if you're Buffalo. You think you bring in a guy like Patty Kane, right? And, of course, now you have to really think about what you give up to get him because you're going to get a King's Ransom back pretty much like Ottawa did for Carlson. But, but, Ottawa for Carlson 
he was only getting paid six and a half million dollars. Right. But Buffalo's got cap space and they're going to have, you know, Patrick Kane's going to be good for, you know, many, many more years, just like Carlson was. Is he? You don't have to worry about him slowing down. He's so small and speedy. And you don't think that he'll slow down at all in during the contract? Well, he's he, under he just turned. Well, okay. I think maybe he's towards the last 30. Or yeah, he just turned 30. 30 yeah. But I think in the last couple of years that, yeah, maybe you're not going to get $10 million worth out of him. But I think you still got, you know, four or five good years out of him. Oh, oh man. What would it take to get Patrick Kane out of Chicago? I think you have to start with Casey Middlestat if you're. Yeah. Yeah, if you're Buffalo. I mean, I, and I don't think if you're Buffalo, you have any problem with that. No, I don't think so either for Patty Kane. Fine. Yeah. No. Then you, then you got to get obviously give up a first-round draft pick. Maybe you go into the, the prospect pool and you give up a guy like Alex Nylander. Maybe I, th- toss I think him you in there. could stomach that too. Yeah, and then you maybe throw in another third, second-round pick or something somewhere and you call it a, a, a day. Yeah, because I think, yeah, I mean, and then, yeah, there's not going to be any, any like, well, if you sign him, blah, 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 there's not going to be anything like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, wow. But the only question That's, is now, if you're Buffalo, though, now you lose your second line center. Can you put Sam Reinhart back at center? Maybe when Patrick Berglund comes back healthy, you can throw him in there. That's the only issue. Yeah, I you're, think, you're almost you're, creating a hole in or, order to. Yeah, or Gergensen, you know, somewhere. Is but it worth that's, it? yeah. That's the big issue, but you would get such an elite guy where you can literally just go out there and you can have two elite scoring lines at this point with Eichel, Skinner, and then Kane on the second line. Yeah. Wow. And, and that would make that, a rivalry would, with Toronto make, just... Whew. I mean, that would make another team go, or another, like free agents go, well, maybe I want to go to Buffalo. Yeah, maybe I want to go there, yeah. I mean, hey, they're on the water. Panarin could go there, right? Panarin? <laughs> he said he wanted to be somewhere where there's a beach or water or something oh my like that. Once he realizes how cold it gets Niagara there Falls. during the winter. <laughs> they have Niagara Falls. Right? <laughs> Stop it. All right. Well, I think uh, that has been our show. We've almost been rolling for an hour, so it's wow. uh, perfect timing. So you, don't forget to uh, tweet at us. You know, we, we like to interact with you out there uh, at OT Hockey Talk, and you can tell us what you thought of our left wing you suck list and uh, any other questions or, or things that you want to shoot our way. We'd love to to chat with you. And yeah, we will. Next up is the right wing. Are we gonna? How are we gonna do goalies? That's going to be interesting. Because do you have depth at goalie? Yeah, I guess you do, but most teams have the one guy. But we'll do goalies after the right. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll figure something yeah, out. We'll, we'll do it. Uh, let us know your worst right wing uh, depth stuff, and we'll we'll toss that on the next show as well. You guys have a great weekend, and we will talk to you soon.